everyone, and welcome to another mini-sode of The Investigation Game. During our time at home, Leah has been creating free webinars every week that are filled with amazing information. So we thought for these next few weeks, instead of our usual mini-sodes, we would give you all the shortened version of the webinars. If you find them informative, feel free to join in on the full-length live event, or if you missed one of the older webinars, we post them all on YouTube. I'll be sure to attach the links to our events page as well as our YouTube page in the show notes. Stay safe, stay healthy, and we'll see you soon. Welcome to Finding Fraud in Payroll. Today, our objectives are going to be to discuss what is data sleuthing? We're going to talk about that. We're also going to talk about how do we data sleuth payroll reports to find ghost employees, duplicate payroll, off-cycle payroll, and false reimbursements. And then also we're going to talk a little bit about a graphing tool that we've talked about before on our podcast, but we're going to talk about it today and how you can use this in a fraud investigation, but you can also do this as an ongoing monitoring tool. So we'll talk about that a little bit. So first of all, what is data sleuthing? Data sleuth is a term that Workman Forensics has actually trademarked, and it is how we work every investigation. We actually have a process. It's called our data sleuth process, and it's how we work every case that comes through our door. And really, it's not just fraud investigations. We use the same process on divorce cases. We use the same process on embezzlements, partnership disputes, damages. We data sleuth. And so what is that? Well, first of all, our world is full of data. There is data available everywhere. And I think a lot of times people make this seem scary and that it's overwhelming, but really it's not. It's just digitized information. And if you know how to harness that and use that in an investigation, it can be so empowering and so efficient for your case because instead of just maybe being stuck with a budget and you can only look through so many documents or so many checks or so many bank statements, you can actually look at everything and it doesn't necessarily cost any more because you're using technology and data as the foundation of your evidence. So data sleuthing is really just the combination, and we like to talk about Venn diagrams in the majority of our conversations. There's even a poster in our training room that has a Venn diagram. We love Venn diagrams at Workman. If you can picture a Venn diagram, that one side is data analytics. That's our data of the data sleuth. And then we combine data analytics, data analysis, with forensic accounting and fraud investigations or even damages calculations. Where those things intersect is essentially data sleuthing. We're going to use data to determine what happened. And a lot of times we talk about what we're comparing in a fraud investigation in every type of case we work. It's the comparison of what happened versus what should have happened. And that's really data sleuthing. There's a couple different kind of things. The reason I pulled payroll out to talk about first in these data sleuth webinars is I I pulled that out because we can look at bank statements and in the next couple of webinars, we're going to talk about finding fraud and revenue, finding fraud and expenses. But I like to separate out payroll because payroll isn't something that you can immediately identify where the problem is from looking at a bank statement. And so we really treat payroll a little, we like to separate it out. We're going to do a little bit of a different analysis, even though, even though we're still going to take what happened and we're going to compare it to what should have happened. The process is the same, but your data just looks a little different. So that's why I like to separate that out. Payroll reports, the most common way that people love to provide payroll reports to us is in a PDF format. And it's not in a rows and column format that you can easily put into Excel. 
So a lot of times in order to get this, like if that's all they can provide us, then we try to use ideas, PDF import function to do this. Sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't, if I'm being honest. Another option is just that we have to manually enter it. So we try to work with the clients and their payroll provider to get this information in a CSV or an Excel format, which essentially, if you're not familiar with that, they would just provide the information. There's lots of different ways they can provide it, but where you have rows of information and column headers of information and there's no spaces and so you can filter and you can run formulas and you can extract what you need and you can join it with other databases and other transactions really having it in that table format so everything we're going to talk about today is assuming we have received a csv or excel export and that's what we recommend you try to get from your clients if you're if you're doing this also if you're a business owner and you're wanting to kind of do your own data sleuthing in your business so that you can see what's going on, then you're going to want to request this from your payroll provider. And really, if they are providing payroll reports to you in 2020, they should have this capability. If they don't, you might need to make a change. Like, I mean, the technology is just way too far behind if, if they can't do that. The first topic are ghost employees. Here are just a few of the things that we recommend to go look at. Now, you might want to go back and watch the YouTube video of the webinar so that you can see the formulas used, the Excel spreadsheets used to kind of be able to visualize this, but we're just going to talk about it conceptually for this podcast episode. So one of the things you're going to want to do for ghost employees, one of the tests we like to do is just super easy. Take your employee list and do a search in Excel for duplicate social security numbers. Excel has a feature called conditional formatting. Conditional formatting allows you to highlight, most often you're gonna have all your rows are gonna be your employee information, and then you'll have columns for like employee number, employee name, address, social, all you know, hire date, like that's gonna be your column. So you can select the column that has your social security number in this, and then you can go to the function in Excel called conditional formatting. And you can highlight all the cells that have duplicate values. Then if you know how to use the filter feature, which once again, if you just go watch the video, I walk you through how to do this, but use the filter feature and go to your social security number column that you've highlighted for all duplicates. And then you can filter by color and that color will identify all of the entries that had duplicate social security numbers. Now, just because you have duplicate social security numbers, that does not mean that you have fraud. Employee records, vendor records, anything that relies on somebody to input data, that runs a risk for just errors. And errors aren't always fraud, right? Errors sometimes are just actual mistakes. There's no intent or to deceive or anything like that. This is just a test. So go check for these duplicate social security numbers. See if any of these look strange. In the areas of testing for ghost employees, I like to kind of stack this evidence together. So I might have a duplicate social security number, eh, may or may not, you know, I do some more research, but let's go to the next thing. We're going to look for duplicate addresses. So same thing, conditional formatting on your address column and just see if you have any duplicates. Now the things that makes addresses just a little more difficult to use this conditional formatting is that in order for it to be a duplicate in this column, it has to be exactly the same. So if I have the address 555 East 5th Street, I could spell out 5th, I could have the number 5, I could have periods, I could have no periods. And so that conditional formatting isn't going to pull that out. So your workaround for that is that you can create a couple more columns. 
and you can use formulas. Once again, go watch the video, but you can use formulas to pull out the numbers. So 555 East 5th Street, I can pull out the numbers 555 and put that in an address number column. Then I can take the zip code and let's just say it's ours in Tulsa, 74120. So what I can do in another column is I can do something called concatenate. And what I do is I take the 555 and I add the zip code to it. So now in that column, I'm going to have 555-74120. I do this for all the employees in my client's organization or my organization. And then I do the conditional formatting to see if I have duplicates. All of these things, we're just looking for duplicates. And we're looking for, are these just mistakes? Maybe we were sloppy about how we input the information. Maybe I went to put in somebody's information and they told me their name was Chris something. And instead it was really in there as Christopher. I mean, there's a whole lot of different variations. So the other thing we're going to look for are no addresses. So if I have an employee that doesn't have an address listed at all, I want to know that. I mean, and it's going to be really significant if it's also one of my duplicate social security numbers. Then real, real easy. You just need to check to see how many people are you paying in a pay period and compare that to the number of employees that you actually have. There are several other tests you can run for ghost employees, but these are some of the most, the top things you can check for that are really easy. You can do this in Excel, but just because you might have duplicate socials, duplicate addresses, no addresses, just because you might have those things, you know, we can get all excited. And in my early years, I'd get so excited because I had all these anomalies within the data. But if you're not missing money, then there's not fraud, right? We have to have some sort of benefit connected to these anomalies. So I have to take this information and take the names and the socials, the employee records, and I have to match that with the payments that were actually paid over whatever your relevant period is. If all of these duplicate addresses are there or duplicate employee records are in there, but that employee was only paid one time and it was and he or she was paid their expected salary or hourly rates and everything checks out, but they just have multiple employee records, that's not necessarily fraud. You have to take it to that next step because we can get excited about having messy employee records and think, oh my goodness, we for sure have fraud. But you have to be able to connect it to that cash ex aspect, which is how much payroll were they paid. All right. So our next category, duplicate payroll. And what we're looking for here, I actually have a case story to go with this one. I had, this was, oh gosh, this is one of my first cases after I started working in forensics. Okay, so this employer was a consulting practice and had an office manager slash bookkeeper slash receptionist, you know, just kind of took care of the office. Every week she would prepare payroll, take it to the boss, he would sign the checks, and then she'd distribute the checks. All of their employees were primarily local. They had one that worked in another state. And so this employee contacted the boss one day and said, hey, I'm having to wait longer than anyone else to get my paycheck. And it would just be nice if I could get paid the same day that everybody else is getting paid. And so would it be possible for us to do direct deposit? He asked the office manager. Office manager says, yeah, sure. And they were using QuickBooks for payroll anyway. QuickBooks has a payroll service. So she just added direct deposit. Well, what the owner didn't know is that whenever she added direct deposit for this individual who worked outside of the state, she also added direct deposit for herself, but she still took checks to the boss. And what we discovered, and this, this went on long enough that this company actually suffered some very severe cash flow issues. The owner hadn't been paid in over a year. He was about to have to lay people off because of this scheme. And so at some point he just 
started looking at why do I not have cash? I mean, that's the number one thing people say when they call us. He starts looking and that's when they discovered she was running a couple things, some credit card issues and amongst the payroll, but the payroll was the significant piece of this. And she would still have the boss signed her check, but what he didn't know was that she was also paying this direct deposit. And the way that he, I'm not being critical of him, but just from a, you know, data sleuthing, the way that we're always thinking is, okay, how can a business detect this going forward? And it really would be to compare what was expected to be debited from the bank account versus uh, for that direct deposit. Because he was still seeing every check, but the direct deposit would have only shown up. He would have only known had he looked at one, the payroll reports from the system and then two looked at the bank statements. And I will add that she did delete a lot of the, I think actually she deleted almost all of the direct deposit payments. So if he had looked at the payroll report, it probably wouldn't have shown up. We were able to help law enforcement with the fact that they were, you know, they have to prove intent. And so we were able to show them the audit trail from QuickBooks where she deleted all of the direct deposits, but she kept all of the check payments. So that was really helpful. Another tip on that one is just that we graphed the checks and just looked at what was the dollar amount and when did she get paid. And then just two different colors in Excel showing a graph of check versus direct deposit. And it's really interesting if you go look at the YouTube video that I think it was like 2008 to 2012, 2011, somewhere like that. But you can see how she had just a few duplicate checks and then it just kept growing and growing and growing. Like if you've done this work, it's pretty common that's the case. Another area for duplicate payroll is when you have multiple companies. And this case happened, the office manager was managing the office and this company had their primary business, but then they also owned the building that they operated out of. So she was getting payroll, but she controlled payroll. She controlled paying the bills. I mean, 100% everything. Yes, accountants, we know <laughs> no internal controls, but that is like the core of our, I mean, our business helps companies because they don't have these internal controls and they trust people and so forth and so on. Okay, so it's exactly what you would expect would happen if you had no internal controls. So she's controlling everything. She controlled her own payroll. She was supposed to be paid, let's just say $100,000 a year. And we were actually investigating something else. And we just asked them, would you also like for us to look at her payroll? And they said, yes. So we started looking at her payroll run those payroll reports, and then we once again compared what happened versus what should have happened. And when we did that, we discovered that she was overpaying herself significantly, that the 100000 was no longer just $100,000. Well, then when we were running our tests on, and we did this on each company that they owned, and so we have this main company and then the building company. So when we also went to look at, ran our data sleuth process on this other company, we noticed that there were payroll, and once again, it was QuickBooks payroll, and I'm not hating on QuickBooks, but it was QuickBooks payroll, and so her taxes were being withheld and all of that, but she was the only employee getting paid out of this building, LLC. You know, it was like set up for tax purposes. It didn't actually have employees. It was kind of a management type. The only asset was the building. One company pays rent to the other. It's just one of those tax setup things. So she was also overpaying herself by that type of duplicate payroll. The next area I wanted to cover in looking for fraud and payroll is by taking your payroll reports that are in Excel and running formulas in Excel that give you the day of the week that the payment was made and then also looking for even dollar payments. And we have several videos on our YouTube channel that walk you through how to do that. 
a lot of the times that that net check that's paid is not going to be an even dollar payment if taxes have been withheld and so forth. So you're going to want to go look for those transactions. Also, you might even want to look at, kind of going back to our last example, look at who was paid with check and who was paid with direct deposit. You need to ask the client what is expected because to compare what happened to what should have happened, you know, we got to know from the client, well, we paid payroll every Friday. We paid payroll twice a month. We paid, you know, in, in one of our examples of the duplicate payroll, she paid herself like on a Saturday and a Sunday. Well, nobody should have been paying themselves on Saturday or Sunday. So those types of anomalies are the things we're looking for. You also want to look for payments that are coded as reimbursements just to avoid the payroll taxes. That actually happens more than you think. And it's not always an employee stealing from an employer, but sometimes the employer will let the employees do this to avoid payroll taxes. There's a whole host of things that I've seen. By using formulas for days of the week to test that check payment by using filters to identify just large even dollar payments, then you can really drill down to see what's going on. All And then once again, looking at the things that are coded as reimbursements to see does this seem like an expense reimbursement that's reasonable for these positions? You can also look at, okay, if the company received a company-wide bonus, in our example in the videos, the company would hand out $1,000 bonuses. Okay, so just because they're even dollar payments and maybe they were paid on days other than Fridays, like maybe those are okay. So we can exclude those. But the ones that are $15,000 or $200,000, those are the ones we need to start drilling down. And the other thing that I love about data sleuthing in general, but then also specifically in payroll, is that a lot of times a client will tell us, we suspect Joe, let's say, Joe Smith. So then I can go and I can look at Joe Smith or by using what we know about data by using Excel, by using IDEA, by using some critical thinking and creativity in our case planning, we can actually, for essentially the same cost to the client, we can look at everyone in the organization to then be able to see, well, is Joe the only one doing this? Is his manager also doing it? Maybe we need to see if the manager is encouraging this type of behavior. I mean, although conspiracies and white collar crime aren't as prevalent as just one person doing it by themselves, it's still possible. I've had several, like I said, not as many as individuals working by themselves. And then that way too, you're not accused if you do have to go testify. Whenever they try to accuse you of just picking on poor Joe Smith, you can say, no, we looked at the entire organization and Joe is the only one that had this problem or Joe plus his boss is the only one that had this problem. I just love looking at investigations from this way because we really can be an independent third party by taking this approach. Something else on reimbursements, once again, what happened versus what should have happened. We had a company that told us that they did expense reimbursements twice a month. So we actually used IDEA in this example. They'd reimburse expenses and also they'd give certain people petty cash twice a month. So what we did was we were able to identify which of the payments from the company were those items. And then we just did a count to see how many of those payments were happening per month. And by doing that, we were able to actually identify that we had a lot of people who were receiving multiple expense reimbursements, like three to six times a month instead of the two times a month. And then the employer decided to then go through their records and see, because some of the expense reimbursements and petty cash disbursements were legitimate, but a lot of them were not. So that's just another area 
to look at what are people being reimbursed for and how many times a month and what's expected. What's the normal procedure? And then compare that to what you're seeing in the data. The last thing I want to talk about is our graphing tool. And this graphing tool is available for purchase if you go to workmanforensics.com and then at the top menu click on data sleuth services and if you scroll to the bottom of that page it's available as a digital download and it's in excel now i show how to use this as part of our webinar series that's also on our youtube channel and then i also had talked about a over 40 million dollar embezzlement through payroll where I showed how this could have been detected also on our YouTube channel if you want to check that out. The idea with this graphing tool is that you can use it as an investigation to go backwards by copying and pasting the information, basically your dates, your names, and your dollar amounts. You copy and paste this into the first page. It then summarizes it by pay date, which sometimes can give you some interesting information. And then it graphs it. It graphs each transaction individually. And then it also has a tab for graphing it by pay date. So the total of all of your payroll by pay date. And what this identified for us in the example in our webinar is that all of these there in the data set we were looking at, we had a lot of $100,000, $200,000 false reimbursements. And so that identified a lot of that. We also had people getting paid at random times during the week that weren't expense reimbursement, that were even dollar payments. And so all of these things stand out. From a trend basis, you can kind of see what's expected. And, and maybe sometimes, maybe there is someone who's getting paid a lot more than somebody else in their department or in the company, but that's expected. So what you're looking for are the things that you don't expect. So you can use this, like I said, historically, when you're doing an investigation, use this tool to kind of identify if you're needing just to get some quick data points to maybe talk to the client about. But then also you can use this as a business owner or internal auditor to detect these things on an ongoing basis. And you can just keep adding your payroll information to this graphing tool every month, every quarter, every pay period so that you can hopefully detect these sooner. Because like I said, if you have a lot of employees or maybe you pay people by the hour, so it fluctuates quite a bit, detecting an issue in payroll by looking at your bank statement is rather complicated. So that's why we've created this tool. It's a macro. It's very easy to use and we'd love for you to check it out. Thanks so much for listening today. I hope this is helpful. Once again, check out our YouTube channel, Workman Forensics, and you can see all of these examples and the formulas we use related to this training. And we hope you'll join us for one of our webinars. The Investigation Game is brought to you by Workman Forensics. For more information on the business and its services, visit workmanforensics.com. Find us on social media on any social media platform at Workman Forensics. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, or topic ideas, please email us at podcast at workmanforensics.com. Thanks for listening.